Hello, everybody. Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is the TeacherCast podcast, and today we're going to be talking all about reading, writing, and, yeah, robots. Today we're going to have a fantastic conversation all about STEM education and what you can do in the classroom. Before we get into that, I want to say thank you to our friends at Promethean for making this show possible. We are in the middle of a six-episode arc all about digital technology, some amazing things you can do in the classroom, and we are working hard together to bring you some great guests and conversations. I hope you guys have a chance to check it out. There's a playlist with the link below in our YouTube channel, and of course, everything can be found over on teachercast.net. While you're over there, check out our shows over on askthetechcoach.com. We talk about everything professional development, and we drop a podcast every single Monday called Ask the Tech Coach. And if you're looking to bring audio and video into your classroom. Check out everything over at educationalpodcasting.com. We got everything that you need in order to bring audio and video into your classroom. Check that out over at educationalpodcasting.com. I want to bring on my first guest today to talk all about STEM education. Her name is Amy Winstead. Amy, how are you today? Welcome to the show. Great. Thank you very much for having me. It is so great to have you here. Thank you so much for being here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I am from Charleston, South Carolina. I currently work as a digital learning specialist. I was an elementary teacher for nine years. I taught third grade and fifth grade. And I am lucky enough to be in a position now where I am supporting teachers in using technology tools in their classrooms. That is something that is so important. And I talk to tech coaches and and learning specialists every single week about the stuff that they're doing. And tell us a little bit about what you are doing in your school district in that field of STEM. How are you helping your teachers out this year? So in each of our schools, we have STEM kits that are available um, that teachers can check out and use in their classrooms. So the STEM kits include things like Spheros and Dot and Dash and Ozobots and things like that. Um, And then we also provide uh, mobile devices for the students and the teachers to use in the classroom with those. And then we also provide classroom display technology. So between all of those things, um, and we provide those to the classrooms, and then we reach out to our teachers and plan with them uh, STEM activities that they want to uh, engage students with in the classroom. Well, we are certainly going to be talking today all about the great things that you're doing and also how we as tech coaches, because there's a lot of us out here, can be supporting STEM education. I also want to bring on our guest today from the great Promethean company, Mr. Matt Barfield. Matt, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great, Jeff. Thanks for having me. It is so great to have you. You, of course, work for Promethean. And I also am told you're a podcaster, too, aren't you? Uh, just a little bit and getting back into it. <clears throat> we podcasted about 10 years ago when it was just getting started and we've just started an internal one. And um, so trying to trying to get my feet wet. So it's good to it's good to be on the show and get to get a little practice tonight. All right. And I got to ask, what does an internal podcast look like, sound like for Promethean? Uh, it's, you know, it's a way for us to get information out to our, to our internal, um, people, you know, our sales reps and all, you know, changes, things that are coming up, um, you know, just things to get excited about that they can listen to while they're driving down the road. So, I'm uh, just trying to find new ways to reach out and share information other than email. Talk to us a little bit about what Promethean is doing these days. I've heard a lot of great news. We've been having a great time with this series. What's going on in the world of Promethean boards? 
So lots of cool changes, you know, and things that are coming up. I'm real excited about our topic tonight because it is one that's near and dear to my heart. And and it's exciting to have Amy here as well, as Amy and I have been working together now for probably about four years or three and a half years or so. So uh, time is flying because we do have a lot of fun together. And um, so, you know, we've, we've got lots of lots of stuff coming down, um, down the pipe. You know, a lot of it is wrapped around STEM, where we're showing off at conferences ways that teachers can easily get involved with STEM in their classroom especially in their classroom where they've got Promethean products and, and how that all of that ties together. And, and it's just easy to use. And really that's our focus is how do we, how do we make it easy for the teachers? And then how do we then help those teachers incorporate those e extra activities like the STEM or STEAM or, or however we want to call that, depending on, you know, which topic we're adding in. But it's just a, it's just a fun way to get to do that. And I work on the professional development side. So um, that gets to be one of the toys that I, that I work with every day. Now, obviously, we're going to be talking a lot about professional development here. This is something that I've done for the last couple of years as far as trying to in, encourage teachers to take that step and to do some different STEM activities, robotics activities. I mean, heck, even the other day in my class, I was having them try to build towers with reams of paper, putting the paper, you know, doing that kind of an activity. It, it seems like we're still in an area, guys, where it's difficult to even mention STEM in, a, in an English classroom, a social studies, math. But it not it more essential now than ever that we start to melt, mold these things together? I mean, STEM is engineering, math, science, so it's, it's all of those things, but yet those core teachers sometimes find it hard to introduce the word STEM into their classrooms. Why is that and what can we do? I think the idea of STEM can be quite daunting because some people think of it as a separate or additional type of learning activity rather than it being incorporated into the things that teachers are already doing. And a lot of times we find that when we give teachers time to collaborate across the content areas, that it naturally starts to happen when the science teacher has ideas of ways to incorporate activities into an English literature class kind of thing. So we have a lot of cross-curricular conversations with our teachers and together their ideas seem to bloom those STEM activities activities that teachers are wanting to try. So let's kind of see if we can debunk some myths here, right? Um, if you're a tech coach and you had an English teacher and they were doing, and, and let's just say you make up the topic for a couple seconds here, how do you suggest bringing in a totally foreign concept like let's bring robotics in, let's bring engineering in? What can we do to help those English teachers and say, look, here's a great activity for what you're already doing and it's gonna be amazing and engaging for your students. Well, again, I think it's getting the support from the other teachers in the building and then getting the support from the tech coach and uh, you know, assuring that English teacher that they're not in this alone. I'm not gonna hand you all of these new tech tools and say, here you go, have at it. Um, and then the other piece of it I think is, in, is encouraging the teacher to include the students in this so that mm -hmm. our students are already so adept at a lot of these activities they just don't get to use them in the ela classroom so getting the teacher to incorporate student experts in the activity to kind of give them a bit of a cushion or a comfort level that there are it's more than just the teacher leading this in their classroom you know i love the fact that you mentioned that a lot of this could be student driven now matt um this is episode two of our podcast series together. And I know in the next couple episodes, we're going to be talking all about student tech teams, student-led professional development. Why is it important that technology be not only easy for teachers to use, 
but for students to pick up and quickly understand so maybe so they can then teach it. Yeah, one of the things that we're talking about um, right now is the fact of moving students from an engagement model to an empowerment model. You know, when I was teaching, it was all about getting kids to lean in because they were they didn't have any other distractions in the classroom outside of what was happening in their own little world at their desk or in their desk. I taught elementary school, so lots of little worlds were happening in their desk, you know, that we found out about later, you know, moldy sandwiches and such. But um, we'll get it. We can. We, that's a whole other podcast series. But when we wanted kids to lean in them, and that's when we knew that they were engaged. And now we've got students that have devices. They've got connectivity. We want them on their on their iPads, their Chromebooks, their laptops, whatever that might be, and, and to be looking for that information. So now we really need to move them from that model of engagement to empowerment so that when they are, they're, they're now included in the lesson. They're not trying to just get hooked by one or two things. They're being hooked by by the whole concept. And I think that some of the things that Amy mentioned there was getting them to to be a part of that lesson, to share where their strengths are, because there are a lot who who do, who are even creating their own podcast now or out and troubleshooting their own family or doing troubleshooting at the school or whatever at that point. They are the ones bringing that Internet connectivity home at times. So they're the ones that have that access and and really can do the research. They're, they're a lot more efficient at Googling than we are. So we might as well take advantage of that and, and make them, you know, be a part of that conversation. And then I think we we, we see that empowerment. Then we see them owning that. And and thus, then what they don't realize is, is they've got engaged. So we kind of won on, on both fronts there. Now, you keep using the word empowerment, and I love that as a professional development uh, provider. We need to be able to create lessons where technology just happens to be in right. the room, not technology-based yeah. lessons. I mean, we talk about this all the time on our Ask the Tech Code show. But Matt, there's so many people that look and say, well, we have four Cs, creativity and, and communication and, and the other two, of course. And we try to create a lesson for one of those. When in reality, all of those kind of, you know, there needs to be one thing that incorporates all of that stuff. When we're looking at STEM, though, Matt, we're looking at being able to blend all of these things, the science, the technology, the engineering, the math, the arts, all of those different products into one. How as a, how as a professional trainer can we do that, and how do we entice our teachers to take that jump? I mean, it's the same question we kind of asked earlier, but... But it's such a it's 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 the most difficult question to come up with because every teacher is different. You're either on one side of the curve, you're on the other side of the curve. And again, I always find that teachers the biggest thing that that scares them isn't the curriculum we're trying to bring in. It's those devices that I'm too scared to know about because my kids know more than I do. Right. So so one of the things that when it it's it's funny you bring that up because I don't know that stem or steam however we want to call that means that it has to have a device involved every time right it doesn't mean that it has to have a robot it doesn't mean that it has to have something electronic in it it simply just means you know when i was a kid we were taking things apart we were putting things back together and so so we were stem based then we just didn't call it that so now it's it's about getting those getting those teachers involved and understanding that it's a process that it's a series of steps and that's really what i feel like we're trying to to teach from from my perspective when it comes to that so a lot of the things we do to introduce are like rube goldberg activities because they don't necessarily have to have 
electronics involved. There are things that we could go and pick up at a Dollar General or or wherever, or things we could pick up around our classroom and make that happen with just paper towel rolls and Jenga blocks or, or whatever at that point. But it's getting kids to understand that. And, and you know, you mentioned earlier that maybe sometimes um, we've got certain subject areas that, have, that may struggle in this. I see this as a great way of teaching sentence structure or paragraph or writing structure inside of uh, English just because it is that same step-based stuff. But now instead of write me, like in fourth grade, it was write me out the steps to, a, you know, make a sandwich. And the kids never remember to get their knife out. Well, why can't it be write me out the steps to set up this Rube Goldberg activity? They're doing the exact same thing. But setting up a Rube Goldberg activity is a lot more fun to do than making a sandwich, unless you're hungry. So, I, I, you, you know. Well, I, I like the idea of starting low tech and not just immediately going directly to technology to incorporate those STEM activities. We had a really great um, activity here in one of our schools where the students read a book that had to do with uh, a city. And so the activity afterwards was they incorporated this across the school from kindergarten through fifth grade. The fifth and the fourth graders collaborated and designed and planned a city that they built out on a great big piece of painter's tarp. And you know they laid out the streets, they laid out where the homes were going to be, where the businesses were going to be. Then they engaged the third graders and the second graders to actually construct the homes. And then they engaged the kindergartners and the first graders to do the art, so to paint the homes, to paint the, the town, the roads, or whatever. But after doing something like that, and the teacher seeing how all of that connects, how that you know incorporates the science, the technology, the engineering, math, they came up with, we could have done this. And that was where they got some of the ideas of, this was where we could have incorporated an app to help them with the planning, you know, those kinds of things. So I think sometimes starting low tech, so that the threat, the technology threat for those that perceive it that way is eliminated. And then naturally, either the kids and or the teachers come up with ideas of how technology could be incorporated to make it even, you know, more elaborate, more engaging, you know, more enriching. You know, I, I love working with students on the STEM projects. The one question that I love asking them, and I know this frustrates them, and yes, I do it on purpose, is once they have a solution, I challenge them and say, okay, you have one way of doing it. Now go find a different way of doing it. Now go find a different way of doing it. And I love the look on their face because on one hand, they're like, oh, I can do this a different way. And then on the other hand, they're like, but I, I'm done, right? <laughs> right, right. All right. And I know we always talk about fail, you know, first attempt in learning. And, and it's just amazing to work with these teachers. Now, when we're looking at STEM education, talk to me about robots. A lot of school districts are looking to get into robots, the, the, the less expensive ones, the more expensive ones. How do you create a robotics program in your school? Feel free to talk about budgets, anything like that. How do we bring robots in to engage our students? Well, from, from our school's perspective, in the beginning, it was really at the classroom level. It was a teacher that was interested, and it was usually the teacher wrote a grant or got some sort of funding at, at the school level individually. So as some of our teachers wrote grants for just funding, you know, some sort of a robot in their classroom, whether it was a Sphero or Dash and Dot, and other teachers began to get interested, our district looked at ways that we could possibly you know, spread the wealth a little bit. And so some funding was identified to provide STEM kits, is what we call them, um, for each school. And those are housed in the media center. 
um, and then classrooms, teachers can check them out and use them in their classrooms so that at least every school has some access to these things. And that's created a bit of a buzz across all of our schools now as far as some of the activities that are happening, some of the STEM activities that are happening and what teachers are sharing. Um, and so now we're trying to identify ways that we can get more of those STEM kits into our schools so that more kids can get their hands on them. So, and, and just kind of adding on to what Amy talks about, we, we uh, support National STEM Day every year, and that's something that I really get involved with. And part of it is we're hosting sessions that show teachers how to deal with those small budgets, right, where they only have one maybe dash robot for the whole school or they've got one little bits kit or they've got two for you know a grade level or whatever because these things do get expensive and we know we can't do them one per student so one of the things that we're trying to do there is is you know i like to go out to the little bits website and show them how to build one where they just buy the individual pieces that they want that way they can you know kind of do a big stem day on a shoestring budget or they can get a hold of Dash, and then instead of everybody working with that one at one time, they're all creating on their Chromebooks or up at our um, active panel doing the whiteboard where they learn, though, that there's a lot to the planning process. And, and I think, though, that the more that they plan and the more that they can get to do that, and then they kind of say, okay, you're going to get one one big, you know, premiere of what you think is your is your, you know, your solution to this. Everybody tries it. And then, you know, we can go back to the drawing board or we can spend a couple of days on just that development process, building out what we think a Rube Goldberg is going to look like. And then they build it and then showing off that, you know, if we've got five groups in the classroom, we've got five different solutions on that. And now, I, like, like you said earlier, I encourage you to go out and find a different solution, one that may be less expensive or one that might, you know, be more eco-friendly or whatever at that point, And you add those environmental changes onto it. So I think the biggie that I really walk away with the STEM piece is that there's a lot that can be planned. There's a lot that the students can build scenarios for that doesn't require them to actually physically have their hands on it. But you also have to find that balance as to if you go too long and they don't get to play with the robot or they don't get to play with the STEM kit or whatever, they start to lose focus. So you have to kind of find that balance or give them, you know, where it is like a prime time showcase that they that they can show that off. And and we try to do that with with National STEM Day. We try to make the teachers feel like it's something that they can walk out and do and even provide them some lessons that, you know, that would give them some ideas to go out and and use when they're trying to incorporate that technology in their classroom. You know, it almost seems like there's so many different options out there. Yes, it's scary. Yes, it's overwhelming for both school districts and teachers. But it almost seems like there's no wrong answer here. Or the only wrong answer is to not jump in with at least a, a big toe and give this a try. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't know that you I mean, if you take the monetary side of it out of it, there's a lot that they're already doing that can be considered STEM or STEAM, right? I mean, there's a lot that, you know, I mean, I see now, of course, the whole hand washing, you know, thing, and then the ability for, you know, what mold on bread does. And I think back, you know, that's, that's, that's still STEM related. We're still tying science into, you know, this process, whether they're developing a song to go along with it, or they're, you know, they're monitoring this. I mean, I just feel like, while well, I love the robotic side of of it, it is not the only part of STEAM that we, or that we have to have. And there's a lot of things that we can do that teachers really can use their own imagination for. They just need that pushing. Like Amy said, they just need other teachers to collaborate with and say, oh, I didn't think about it like that because they're scared that they have to have a robot. They're scared they have to use technology. 
I mean, and absolutely. You know, I, whenever I do my presentations, I always start with, what does the S in STEM mean? And I go, social studies. <laughs> because one right? of my favorite <laughs> lessons that I've ever done was I brought Dot and Dash in to an eighth grade social studies room and we were learning about the crusades and dot and dash had to go all around Europe and be the crusaders and they had to program all that stuff. And it stemmed is just a word that we use. I mean, it is, and, and, and so is 21st century learning too, but it's, this is just how we need to be able to present lessons to students these days. Our job as professional development providers is to encourage and to make it look as easy and amazing as possible so that way our teachers give it a try. Yeah, and not making it too many clicks, but I mean, it's, yeah. it's STEM now is just what I was taught to be integration. Yes. Right. I mean, it's integration. That's what it is. And not not dare trying to water it down because I do think we have a lot of great opportunities now. But it does mean, you know, that we've when we're teaching that PD, you know, and I'm, I know Amy does this. We have to find ways that if we've got runners in the room, that we're giving them a, a, an activity to do off by the side, so that we can work with those that that are that need that little extra encouragement, and then we can bring them all back together. And you know, we we say at Promethean that we're education consultants because everything we do is consultative. There is no PD that is the same ever. I've I've taught PD now for almost 20 years and never had a PD that was the same, even if it's the same content every day. It's never the same because the group changes, the people change, their their attitudes, what they need, their, their subject area, all that changes. And we need to be able to, and as long as we can adapt, we have successful implementations then. Well, Matt, talk to us a little bit about that because – you know, when I go up and down the, the aisles of ISTE and I'm looking at all the big companies or when I have conversations about things like STEM education, yeah, I'm looking at the B-Bots and I'm looking at the dot and dashes and I'm looking at, you know, uh, companies like that. We don't think of Promethean and STEM in the same sentence. Why right. is that? And, 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 and what is the interest of Promethean and STEM and how, how is Promethean helping to in foster all these different skills in the classrooms? Yeah, so I think sometimes we get looked at as we're the display at the front of the room, right? We're the we're the whole group instruction piece, whereas we really want that to be more of um, it can be center based, it can be whole group. I I still see you know in in my findings that there's a little bit of both that needs to be in the classroom, um, and you know we want to be able to to provide that. So you know it's funny you say that because at FETC at TCA at ISTE last year, and we're actually planning ISTE right now. We're working on that STEM conversation. We have a uh, a panel in our booth that is is focused around STEM. We actually do a Promethean escape room, and that's a new way to teach PD. We use that to teach, you know, how do you become uh, immersed in the panel so that you're using it, and we use that. So that, that uh, escape room's got STEM all wrapped in it, all different types of STEM, whether it's robotics, whether it's using, you know, like a compass. There's, you know, one that we just finished up where – they're, they're figuring out dates and learning how to do simple um, algebra to to solve for um, the Ebola virus. And, you know, and it's, it's timely that these teach students can go in and, and see that or these teachers can go in and see just these simple lock boxes can be incorporated into anything. And we really try to tie a lot of that in. So we're trying to draw those teachers in, showing that ease of clicking, that ease of connecting Bluetooth, I think is a biggie. Everybody's 
that I work with, when they hear Bluetooth, it's, oh, that's like connecting my car radio, you know, my car's phone. I, I don't want to do that. It's too many steps. Well, it shouldn't be. And we're really working with those companies to make sure that when we open those apps on our panel, that they do connect easily. It's a one click, not eight clicks. And anytime you can reduce that, you you improve, right? And, you know, so it's, it's some cool stuff we've got coming. And Matt, it's got to be pretty awesome to be able to work with amazing teachers such as Amy. Oh my gosh, you just don't know. I mean, I am so thankful for Amy and and what she does in Charleston and our and, our, and really our friendship that's that's established over the last four years. That when I called her for this, I was like, "Hey, just come join me on a podcast." <laughs> she didn't even hesitate. She's like, "Absolutely, we're we're doing this thing, right?" So it's so much fun. Yeah, so much fun. It's been it's been a pleasure to have the opportunity to work with Matt and learn from him and his PD expertise and helping us teach our teachers in our district. Um, it, it has been a great partnership. So Matt, I got to put you on the spot here. This is the question that I don't know if you have an answer for, but I'm going to ask you anyway. When we see you at the next ISTE, when we see you at ISTE next year, what is the future for that thing in the front of our room? So wow. many teachers look at it as just, you know, it's a board. I put my hand on it and that's right. it. But it can do so much more. How do we start? How do people like myself and Amy, our tech coaches, bring students up to try it, get teachers to try it? What is the future of what the front of, the, of their classroom looks like, in your opinion? Uh, well, wow, that's that's a big one. Um, so I think that the future of it, from my perspective, and, and really from seeing the the PD perspective side of it, and knowing that we are, well, I like to say that we're an education company that works in technology, because when we wake up every day, what we're thinking about is how do we integrate this even better into the classroom. And one of the things that we've really worked hard on is making sure that if that end user, that student or that teacher, that they're both comfortable. And I know that that's probably going to be our future going is continuing to provide a solution that is easy and excitable for teachers and for students to use that they want to they want to be involved with it, whether it's, you know, watching a 4K volcano video, whether it is. You know, we've got over 300 videos available right now that are for teachers, short two to three minute, and, and really not for teachers anymore, right? For students, they can go right out to our Learn Promethean platform and, and watch these short how-tos to get acclimated. And, and then we've just recently kicked off our Promethean Academy, and we did that last year at ISTE and then um, have just really been ramping that up in the, in the fall, where teachers now, students can go on, they can, they can sign up for free and start taking coursework on Promethean. So, Adapting to learning styles is a biggie for us um, with when it comes to teachers and students learning our product, less clicks, things that are more natural, doing the research behind how teachers and students work in the classroom and providing a solution that then mimics that and enhances that. And we see a lot of that in our in our personal tech nowadays. And if we want a panel to be successful in the classroom, it needs to be considered, in my opinion, it needs to be considered personal tech. It needs to be so personal for that teacher that they can't live without it. They have to have that access. They have to be able to get to everything that they want when they need it, just like they do on their phone, just like they do on their tablet, their computer. And where we stand today and what I know is coming and what you're going to see at ISTE this year is going to be a lot of that. It's going to be a lot of that conversation around just how much we love um, our teachers and our students. You know, you've said a lot of great things this week. 
personalized learning, empowerment. These are all verbs and, and, and just amazing words that any tech coach, any teacher, and for that matter, any school district should be really putting at that focus point for any kind of learning that we're doing this year, next year, and far beyond. Guys, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Amy, you are doing some amazing stuff down in your school district. Where can we find you and where can we learn about the great things that you're doing? You can find me on Twitter at Amy Winstead. And uh, we are constantly tweeting out the things that are happening in Charleston County School District. Would love to connect with you. And Matt, I want to say thank you so much for coming on. And again, thank you for Promethean for helping to make this series possible. Matt, where do we go to learn more about the great things that are happening at Promethean? Yep. So we appreciate being a part of this. And the best way to get a hold of us is at on Twitter as well, any social media really, but at Learn Promethean. That that is our big um, PD handle. It's a great way to stay up, stay in touch with everything that's happening with Promethean, whether it's upcoming shows, escape room sessions somewhere, and even up-to-date PD and how teachers can be a part of it. And of course, we want to say thank you to you guys for checking out this show and all of the shows on the TeacherCast Educational Network. For more information, head on over to TeacherCast.net. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Twitter at TeacherCast. And if you're watching this video on YouTube, check out that subscribe button, smash that bell, and make sure that you're a part of the TeacherCast Educational Network. And we again want to say thank you to Promethean for making this show possible. Well, on behalf of Matt and Amy and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to the TeacherCast Educational Network, hosted by Jeff Bradbury. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at TeacherCast or online at www.teachercast.net. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.